0: Okay, thank you so much, Joanna, for this intro and for the announcements. And happy Valentine's, by the way. Come on, all your husbands, turn to your wives and say happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Okay, that was not enthusiastic (laughs) enough. Come, turn to your wives and give her a nice kiss. (laughs) Cross your kids out once in a while. It's all right. You know what? We are going back into the series I have started preaching about, where we're talking about the God that we worship, the God that we worship. And today we're going to talk about the God of purpose. Remember, last time I preached, we talked about the God of hope, where Jesus came and resurrected Jairus' daughter. Amen. Yes. Today we're going to talk about the God of purpose. And you know what? The scripture that I want to take this morning is from Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now see here, Jeremiah gives us the clear picture and understanding that he believed that he was called and formed and even set aside by God before he was born. And I want you to know that that is not only an Old Testament thinking. Because if you look at the words of Paul from Galatians 1 verses 15 and 16, it says, But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. See, even Paul in the New Testament also said that he was chosen and set apart by God before he was born. And so I believe, and I don't think it is far-fetched to say that you And I, that we were chosen and formed in our mother's womb with the purpose of God in mind. Come on. Now, if you look at celebrities, if you look at people who are in the limelight, people who are always out there, the press and the paparazzi is following them. They are pursuing a life because they want to see what life is all about. What is life? What is the purpose in life? And see, some of them, they have achieved riches and power and influence. And yet, over and over again, we come to the conclusion, even all those things are not the real purpose in life. There must be more than this. And I want you to know that we have the answer. Come on, you have the answer. Turn to your wife and say, you have the answer. (laughs) pastor how can you ask me to say that my wife always thinks she has the answers well maybe she does and you know what we have the answer as children of god We have the answer because our purpose is found in him. Come on. It is not in finances. It is not in riches and in power and in fame. We know that our purpose is found in Jesus Christ, in God. And I want you to know that when we make the first step, that God will come in and that he will affirm and reaffirm and ensure us that we have a place. Plan and a purpose. So I want you to know this morning that you have a plan, a purpose and a destiny that God has placed on your life. And only you can really fulfill it. I'm not saying that we are indispensable. I'm not saying that if we are not doing God's work that he has on our life, the purpose that he has for us, that everything will crumble and fall apart. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that only you can fulfill the full purpose that God has for you. Now, if we refuse to move, if we refuse to work with God, of course, God will find another way. But we have the privilege This morning, we have the privilege to work with God hand in hand in fulfilling our purpose. You were born with a purpose. You were born with a plan of God on your life. And I want you to know that that plan is still very much alive. Now, we, I know we talked about Jeremiah 1 verse 5 and even Galatians 1, 15 and 16. But the scripture that I want to take today to support the purpose of God on our life is actually found in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And now those who are paying attention, they're saying, hey, pastor, I know that is where Moses finds the burning bush. And you are absolutely right. And if you remember correctly, not too long ago, I preached about that scripture. But just to set the scene again, we know that the Israelites were in Egypt. You know, Joseph was in Egypt. So the Israelites came over and they became very numerous. And so the Pharaoh who came after the one when Joseph was there, he was not very friendly. So he enslaved the Israelites. Pharaoh decided, you know what, we're going to kill all the newborn baby boys. Moses' mother decided, no, you know what? I'm not going to surrender my son Moses. I'm going to make a basket, place him in the basket and put him in the Nile River. And God willing, God will protect him and he will live. And that's exactly what she did. And we know that the daughter of Pharaoh found him and she threw him out of the water. That's where Moses, the name was derived. So he threw him out of the water and he grew up in the palace. Now, when he was older, he went out to see his, his people and he saw a slave driver misusing uh, one of his own countrymen. So he got so angry that he hit the guy and he killed the slave driver. So he had to run away. And now he was a shepherd in the desert for 40 years. He was tending the sheep of his father-in-law, Chethro. And one day when he was walking through the desert, he saw a bush and the bush was on fire, but the bush did not burn up. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to go and see why that bush is burning, but not burning up. So he approached the burning bush. And that is where we're gonna come in now and gonna talk about how God restored the purpose that was on Moses' life all along. Because he is a God of purpose. Yes, he is a God of purpose. And no matter what has happened in our life, no matter the circumstances that we're in right now, the purpose of God is still very much alive in your life, doesn't matter if you lost a job, doesn't matter if you're doing well in your career, doesn't matter if you're married or not, doesn't matter if you have children or not, the purpose that God has for you, regardless of the situation that you're in, is still alive in your life or on your life. So I want you to get that assurance deep in your heart, deep into your mind that we say, you know what, no matter what happens, I am still called by God. No matter what happened last year with the whole COVID situation and even this year, you know what? No matter what has happened, I know that God has still a plan and a purpose for my life. And we can learn a few things from Moses. And the very first thing is that our purpose is to get closer to God. Our purpose is to get closer to God. Verse three. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. See, Moses realized that there was a bush, and the bush was on fire, but it was not burning up. Now, he was a shepherd in the desert for the last 40 years. I believe that he saw many, many burning bushes in the desert before. But this one was particular or peculiar or different because this bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So he said, you know what? I have to come closer. I have to go and take a look. And I want you to know that when we put our hearts to getting closer to God, because we know God was speaking to Moses later on through the bush. So God was in the bush. God's manifest presence was that bush that was burning, but it was not burning up. So when we decide that we want to come closer to God, and that is our number one purpose, when we decide we want to come closer to God, I know that God will respond. He will not just turn away. He will not just leave us alone, but he will start talking to us like he talked to Moses. Now, we are living in the New Testament. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit. We have access to God's presence. Whenever we want to come, we can come into his presence. And I want to encourage you to take full advantage of that that you can come to God's presence, that you know that he is sitting on his throne waiting eagerly for you to come. It is not that we have to come to God and say, God, God, come on, God, hey, are you there? God, God, I'm here, over here, God, hello. We don't have to compete for his attention. We don't have to uh, start to make noises to get his attention. God is just waiting for us. He's waiting for you and me to come into his presence that we say, I want to draw closer to God and he will be found. So Moses said, you know what? I have to go and see it. And he made it a point to go and see that bush immediately. Now, okay, like I said before, I like to read the Bible with my imagination. So I was thinking, we don't really know how long of a time frame it was from the time that Moses saw the bush burning until he decided, okay, I'm going to go and see that bush. Maybe, just maybe, just entertain the thought for a little while. What if Moses was walking through the desert with his sheep and seeing a burning bush far in the distance? And then he was saying, okay, That has happened before and nothing so extraordinary. You know what? I'm not going to go look for it because I've seen it before. And then he goes home again at night, puts all the sheep back into the sheep pen. I think that's what it's called, right? Back into the sheep pen. And then he decides the next day I'm going to go again. And the next day he comes back to the spot and sees, hey, the bush is still burning. So I better go and see what's happening. So we don't know if it was the first time around or the second day or maybe even the third day and he said, you know what? This cannot be, this cannot happen. This bush is burning for three days already. I have to go and see what it is." I don't know how long it took Moses to respond. But the thing is, when he decided to respond to it, to draw closer to that bush, which is the manifest presence of God, God was there and immediately spoke to him. Come on. As soon as Moses made the point to draw closer to that thing, which is the presence of God, as soon as he drew closer to the presence of God, God spoke to him. And I want you to know that when you decide to draw closer to God, that he will be there that he will be found, that he is just waiting for you to come closer to him so that he can speak into your life. So if you make up your mind to say, God, I want to see you. God, I know that you are there, but I want to come closer to you. I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm not going to wait until tomorrow. I'm not even going to wait until Pastor Stephen finally finishes preaching. I'm going to come right now. So in your heart, right now, where you are sitting, say, God, show up in my life. And I can guarantee you that God will show up. Now, here's the thing, though. If we come closer to God, sometimes it can become uncomfortable for us because God has something in in him that is drawing us out of our comfort zone. So when we decide to come closer to God, often we see something that we don't like in our life. Come on. Ever happen that you wake up in the morning, you get up, you go into the bathroom and you look into the mirror. <laughs> and then you start, oh, yo, I look so, so, so horrible. I look so old already. Some, some, some lines here already. It's not looking so good anymore. Now, husbands, don't you dare look at your wife right now. (laughs) Look straight ahead. (laughs) No, but we look into the mirror and then we all of a sudden see things that need to be fixed. We see things, oh, this hair is out of place. Now, for me, obviously, it's something different. Maybe, oh, I have to shave. You know what? (laughs) I really have to do something about this. But we see things that we realize is not how it's supposed to be. And that is very often what happens when we come to the presence of God, when we draw closer to him, because the Bible says it's like a mirror. All of a sudden, we will see things in our life that is not how it's supposed to be. And all of a sudden, God is calling us out of our comfort zone because now we see that the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on those areas in our life. And all of a sudden we say, okay, maybe you have to do something about this. You know what? I have seen it now. The Holy Spirit is convicting me. I really have to put these things aside. You know what? Just two weeks ago, Pastor David was talking about when we meet Jesus, we will meet a Jesus who does not condemn, but we will also meet the same Jesus who does not tolerate compromise. So when we come to the presence of God, when we really find him, like Moses came to the bush, God spoke to him He saw things that were not comfortable to him because as the story progresses, we know that now God calls Moses to go back to Egypt to bring his people out of slavery, out of Egypt. And of course, you can imagine that is a big task and that was not what Moses was comfortable with. So I want you to know if you draw near to God, you can You you have the assurance that God is there. But most likely, you will also see things in your life that is not so how it's supposed to be. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit can convict you and say, you know what? This one is a compromise. This one is not right. This one is sin. This one is a wrong attitude. This one is not supposed to be there. Let me help you to remove it from your life. And I want to challenge you this morning, right there where you are sitting in your living rooms or on your gadgets, on your devices, wherever you are, to really let the Holy Spirit come in. Because when we say, God, I want to come close to you, he will be there, right? We established that. But now maybe the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on something and I want to challenge you To surrender to God. Because that is the second point that Moses learned in this story, that he had to surrender to God. So we see that our purpose now in life is to surrender to him. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. See, as soon as Moses walked over to the bush, it says what we just read, that God spoke to him. But here's the good news. God called him by name. Come on. God called Moses by name. He said, Moses, Moses. He didn't say, hey, shepherd boy, shepherd boy, because he was a shepherd for the last 40 years. He didn't say, hey, prince of Egypt, because he grew up as one of the princes of Egypt, right? He didn't even say, hey, hey you murderer, because he killed one of the slave drivers. So uh, God did not address Moses by an issue or what was happening in his life at that moment, but God was calling him according to his purpose, by name, because Moses means drawn out. When the Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of the Nile River, she decided, I will call him Moses because it means drawn out. But now God turns to him and says, Moses, Moses drawn out drawn out my purpose for your life is you have to go back to Egypt and draw the people out of Egypt draw them out of slavery bring them out of the place where are there right now and lead them into the promised land of course we know later on he did not he was not allowed to step into the promised land but he was able to draw them out and to lead them through the desert which was a supposedly a short journey, but it turned out to be 40 years. But here's the thing. God addressed him by his name, not by the issue that he had. So I want you to know that when we come to God, God knows you by name. God knows who you are. God knows what plan and purpose he has for your life. And he does not address you by the issue that you are struggling with. But he is identifying you according to the purpose that you have on your life. That's why when God called Gideon, he he called him a mighty valor of God. A mighty valor of God. Now he was scared. He was hiding from the enemy. But God saw his purpose and knew his purpose and called him and addressed him. As such. And I want you to know that when we surrender to God, God can finally take us and let us grow into that plan, into that purpose that he had for your life all along. So we don't have to be scared when we come to God and say, but God, but Pastor, you just now said that when I come to God, maybe it will get uncomfortable for you. Well, yes, maybe it will get uncomfortable. Letting God work on your patience is not easy. Come on, if we, if we pray, God, give me patience, guess how he will bring patience out in you. You will sit in your car, going on a federal highway, driving nicely down, listening to the latest podcast of Grace Shalom and all of a sudden, there will be one of those guys who will cut right in front of you. And all of a sudden you get angry and you 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 want to off the radio because you want to say something that pastor is not allowed to hear. <laughs> no, no, maybe, I don't know. See, but the thing is, God calls us by our name. And all of a sudden we will see things in our life that we thought they were long gone already, but all of a sudden they're surface because God wants to work in those areas in our life. Maybe you thought you're a very patient guy until something like this happens. Just the other day, <laughs> I saw that uh, one of the ladies made headlines again. Huh? Road rage in Malaysia. She got so angry, shouting, shouting. The guy who was filming it, ironically enough, he was shouting back just as loud. But everybody was condemning that lady who was in road rage. See, the thing is, if we come to a place where things don't go our way, those things are likely to come out. But then we have to give God the chance to work in us. Because once we come closer to him, our purpose now is to surrender to him, to surrender to his will, to surrender to the purpose that God has for our life. And that means that God has to do some cleaning up in our life. Now, the good thing is God is not scared of some dirt. God is not scared of coming down and dealing with things that are not right in our life. Remember when Pastor David talked about the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, that he was not surprised by it, that he was not like, oh my goodness, how could that happen? How can you do that? Hey, you just committed adultery. No, he was not surprised. He knew that sinners would sin, like Pastor David said. So when we come to God, God will not be surprised. But our uh, our responsibility right now is to surrender to the will of God. And I know that when we come to God, that he will be there. But once we will find him, our purpose now, our responsibility is, is to surrender to his will. Now, you see, when Moses surrendered to God, God said, Moses, Moses, and then he said, you know what? Stop. Don't come any closer because the land that you stand on is holy crowned. So take off your sandals. I preached about that quite some time ago. I don't know when it was anymore, but I said, have you ever been on holiday and you decide, you know what, you are got to take a nice little nap. It's a hot day. It's way too hot to go to the swimming pool. So you make your kids sleep, right? <laughs> so you don't want to go into the scorching hot sun. So you make them sleep first. Then about five o'clock when the sun starts to go down, it's a bit cooler. Then you say, okay, come on. Now we go to the swimming pool. So you go to the swimming pool. You have your slippers on. And then you put the slippers away after a hot, hot, sunny day. And then you're gonna to go to the swimming pool. When you walk to the swimming pool, you can feel the floor is hot. Hot because the sun has been burning down on that floor the entire day. So it is hot. So when you walk, you're like, and then you faster jump into the swimming pool. Now, all of you <laughs> already so long an MCO is like, oh, when can I finally go back for holiday? I also wanna go back on a holiday. But you know what I'm talking about, right? So the floor is hot. Now imagine the desert. Moses comes to the burning bush and God says, wait, wait, don't come any closer. The ground is holy ground. Take off your shoes and then come closer. Now when Moses took out the shoes and his bare feet started to touch the hot sand of the desert, I am sure that it was very uncomfortable. But here's it. He surrendered to God and said, even though this is uncomfortable, I have to see what this burning bush is all about. So he took, and even though it took discomfort, even though it might be even painful to walk in that hot sand, he came closer because he wanted to see God. And like I said, maybe when we come to God and we surrender to him, Maybe it will cost us something. But we also know that it is for our best. Because the plans that God has for us are good plans. So if he confronts us with something, something that is not right, it is not just to spoil our fun. It is not just to make us feel guilty and that we say, oh my goodness, I can never reach the standard God has set for me. No, it is done so that we can change, so that we can become the people that God always wanted us to be. Come on, so when we surrender to God, it might be uncomfortable, but it is for our own good. Just like Moses surrendered and he came closer, so we have to come closer to God. We have to come closer to him so that we can really experience God and step into the purpose that God has for us. The third thing that we can learn from Moses is that his purpose is to represent God. Our purpose is to represent God. Verse 12, And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. See, it says that This is the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. So God was very clear that he is the one who called and sent Moses back to Egypt to talk first to his own people, then go to Pharaoh and say, you know what, it is time that you will let my people go. God said, this is the sign that I have sent you. So when Moses now went back to Egypt and and, and was speaking to his own people first, he got worried about it. That's why he even asked God, what if my people ask, who has sent you? Who are even you? Who has sent you in the first place? What am I supposed to say? And then God gave him the answer already. Tell them that I am who I am. But the thing is, see, God sent him and now he was speaking on God's behalf first to his own people, of course, with Aaron by his side, and then later in front of Pharaoh. But he and Aaron were representing God. And I want you to know that when you step out of your house, out of your home, that you are representing God wherever you step in your working place, in your family with your friends wherever you go you are a representative of the presence of God now the question is what kind of representative are we you know what i was thinking about this very often big brands are looking for brand ambassadors brand ambassadors So they're approaching a celebrity and say, you know what, how about you become our brand's ambassador so that you will be the model, that you will be the face of this brand. And of course, the one that I'm thinking about is Under Armour, where they asked Dwayne Johnson to be their brand ambassador. And you know what? So he is representing them when he goes out. They sponsor him some of the stuff that he's wearing so that he can go out to be a representative of that brand. Now imagine one of those big representatives of that brand starts to misbehave or does things that the big brand says that is not the kind of image that we want to have. Now, what could happen is that a brand says, you know what, you better get everything in order or otherwise we have to uh, withdraw our support. We have to withdraw the role of ambassador from you because you are misrepresenting the company or the big brand. And of course, even that one has happened before, Tiger Woods. Now, all the younger ones are like, Tiger Woods? Who is that? (laughs) Tiger Woods was a golfer. And all of a sudden it came out that he had He cheated on his wife. So a lot of the big brands who he was an ambassador for withdrew their advertising contracts because they said, you know what he did is not right. And that cast a bad light onto our brand. And so they withdrew their support. Now, I don't want to scare you and say, you know what? God will withdraw uh, his support over you. But we have to understand that you and I, that we are representatives of God. Because the truth is, a lot of people that you know are not Christians. Maybe a lot of people that you know have never even been to church. But when you say that you are a Christian, they will look at you and see how you behave. To see how you respond in certain situations in your life. Because that automatically, they will associate, okay, you say you're a Christian, but you're behaving like this. How can that be? I thought a Christian is supposed to be like this, but you are like that. So I hope that when people look at us, that they will see that we really represent God in the fullest, in a good way, that we will uh, show people that we are people of character that we are people of uh, righteousness, that we are people who carry ourselves differently than the people around us, that people will see us and see God within us. Amen. Just like Moses came to the bush, God gave him the purpose. You know what? You go back to Egypt and you will bring my people out. Now you will speak for me. And even that one was a role that Moses had to grow into. Come on. Because the very first thing that he said is, God, I, I cannot speak. Then God said, okay, I will send your brother Aaron to help you. But see, when he was walking through the desert, all of a sudden he was the one always going to God saying, God, your people are complaining, but please be merciful to them. So he became the representative of God to the people, but also the representative of the people before God. See, it was a process that he grew into something that he at first said, I cannot do. Later on, it became something that he was familiar with and that he could do very well. So I want you to know that re-representing Jesus Christ or God might be difficult, but it is something, it is a process, something that we can grow into. Maybe right now you feel very uncomfortable when somebody asks you, hey, are you a Christian or not? You feel uncomfortable giving that answer. But stand for God anyway and say, yes, I am. Why? Because I know that he is a good God. Because I experienced him in my, in my own life. And stand for God, represent him and refuse to compromise because people will look at you and right away see if you are really a Christian or not we represent him and that is an honor and that is something that god allows us to be amen so he has a plan he has a purpose for your life and i believe that god can do something powerful powerful in your life amen amen come on let's rise to our feet and just end the service in prayer huh father god i thank you for today i thank you for each and everyone who is here this morning everyone who is listening or watching this online, Father, I ask that you will come and that you will give them a breakthrough in their life, that they will be able to find you, oh God, that they will be able to see, hey, you know what, I have to get closer to God. As soon as they make the decision that you are there and that you will be there and that you will speak into their life. And I ask, Father, that we can find it in our heart to surrender to you that we say, Father, whatever is not right in our life, change us so that we can really represent you to the fullest. Because the purpose that I have is to represent God to the people around me. And God, I ask that your favor will be so evident upon your people that whoever will look at them, that they will see the favor of God on their life. And Father God, I thank you even if I go through a dark time that I can rejoice with my brothers and sisters who are obviously living out in blessings and in favor. And I am waiting for my favor to come through. I am waiting for my blessing to really come through in my life. And I know that you are no man's debtor, that you will break through, that you will bless your people. So I just ask for your goodness to be upon each and every one of us. Now let's lift our hands as we receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace in all your homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I love you so much. Have a good week ahead. Bye.